Hello, I'm Danny Atwell, and if you just want to hear some good stories without all the bullshit, you want to go back to the glory days of yesteryear radio where everyone was glued to the set just to see what would happen next, well, look no further than Dark Charm Radio Shows, wherever you get your podcasts. Whether it's comedy, the supernatural, or the fantastical, Dark Charm has it for you. Tune in. such as fuel become as blood and the lust for power never dies it is a world of chaos creating out of control down the off-ramp toward detonation boulevard series written by Dan Mac McCloskey Danny Atwell and Miguel Pedroza. Simulation on! God, you think the pain would have dulled a bit by now? But nope. The high cost of justice. Lucky me. The street fall away before my eyes as the endless grid work of the network appears before me. Seconds later, the voice in the comlink sounds in my head, barking stats about the target for this mission. West Laboratories. Three counts of extortion. Believed involvement in manufacturing and funding for fraudulent vaccines. Several possibility of racketeering. Potential take up to $400,000. Woohoo! Another cash cow! At least the pain was worth it this time. Nothing like the nickel and dime runs I'm used to when I first got started with this gig. Yep, cyber theft requires you to be a real fast learner. Like, real fast. Otherwise, you fall behind. And that is no good. In an all-too-familiar flash, my avatar emerges from the cyber ether. Sleek. Streamlined. Encased in green. Virtual longbow and arrows at the ready. The icon of the legendary hacker they came to know as Robin Hack. Or the Green Hood. Depends on where you're from. I'm in. Again. <sighs> God, Mom outdid herself. What, you thought I did this shit for myself? For my own personal gain? Fuck that! The migraines aren't worth it. Imagine having your brain squeezed through a fucking electric straw. That's what it feels like to be jacked into the network. No. As my avatar suggests, I serve the people. The small people. The dirty people in the city who remain separated forever from the family and the life that they knew. Struggling to stay alive and sane in this vanishing landscape. Thousands. No, no. Millions of backs bearing the bootprint of tyranny. The serpent of corporate greed that refuses to die, even now. The field stretches before me. My comlink barks again. Obstacles and opponents fall second degree. Opponents and obstacles? 
Those are just avatars representing corporate firewalls in the way of the end goal. The target company's main bank accounts. As I move my avatar across the field and defeat or overcome them, another such firewall or code is broken. And I move one step closer to fully hacking the account. Once all are brought down, ka-ching! Second degree. That means soldier avatars are a little stronger than the standard grunts. And at least one actual physical barrier. Shit. This run might take me a little longer than usual, but that's life when you're a hacker. When you're doing a hacking run, you always want to move as quickly as possible. Not only to outmaneuver the nasties, but also because, since you're literally plugging your fucking brain into a computer, your body is completely helpless while you're jacked in and running. Three, two, one, and go! I slip across the field like lightning, my avatar moving in long strides. If I could do this in real life, I would be an actual superhero. But I digress. Sometimes it makes me feel more powerful than I am. <laughs> I remember when all this felt like rocket science. Now I could cut through a sim like a knife through hot butter. Can you believe that? <laughs> Pitfall up ahead. One, two, and jump! Nothing doing. There's one code down. Ah shit, here comes the boys. Three soldier avatars appear before me, represented as fully armored knights. If these were first degree abs, they'd appear as knife-wielding thugs or like foot soldiers at worst. Gonna have to stick and move to avoid these guys. Yeah, about getting hit. I've taken my virtual lumps doing raiding rumps in the past, and I've been lucky. The worst fate that ever befell me from getting hit was getting booed out of the sim and jarred back into my body, usually with a splitting headache, maybe a nosebleed, and of course, no moolah. But I've heard stories about some poor fucks who tried doing this, got knocked around too much and wound up with permanent brain damage. Not me though, that's never gonna happen. You know why? Cause I'm Link's Mitchell, motherfucker. That's why. The first knight approaches me, wielding a menacing looking axe. I tuck and roll as the blade swings towards me, deftly rolling underneath it. With its back to me, I sweep its legs out from under it. The av crashes to the ground and blinks out of existence. One down, two more to go. Ducking behind a virtual barrier, I evade an overhand swipe from the second av's weapon and club it hard in the back of the head with the butt of my virtual bow. Two down, one more to go. Woo! The neurons are firing tonight! Woo! In one swift movement, I draw and fire a barrage of virtual arrows in succession at the final assailant. Knowing one has to hit the mark. Please, just one! The armored figure crumbles into a heap. Third time's a charm. Final firewall broken. Account hacked. Dispensing funds and performing system sweep. Yes! That'll go to the relief effort in New Hope. And simulation. System disengaged. The dark grid work of the simulation melts before my eyes as I emerge into consciousness, blinking against the glaring sun. The comlink performs its sweep, erasing all traces of my actions from the simulation and the company's records. Smooth as silk. And also smooth like butter, or so I've been told. They never know what hits them. The simulation melts away to be replaced by the all-too-real sight of towering gray and dingy buildings around me, 
stretching to a sky permanently obscured by thick smog. The breath of another industrial dragon littering the landscape. <sighs> the infinite madness of men to paint the world a perpetual gray. It's amazing how, with three quarters of the population dead, we're still managing to kill this planet. Who knew? My normal life comes back to me like a tidal wave of shit. I remove the device from my forehead and stand up in the familiar litter-strewn alleyway that I've come to call my base of operations. It's getting harder and harder to find a safe place to sit and cybernab. I'm lucky I haven't gotten knifed. Or worse. Fuck, my head hurts. I stagger to my feet. Luckily, there are some trash cans nearby for balance. Coming out of a sim is never pleasant to your system. I puked the first two times. I hate to admit that, but I did. My mom, Robin J. Mitchell. Yes, I have to say her full name every time because no one will ever forget her. Robin J. Mitchell, that's her name. Now it's stuck in your brain. You're welcome. Former executive assistant for Sherman Industries got pregnant at 18 years old, but didn't put her career on hold. For the entire nine months, she worked and advanced herself in the ranks of the company. Then, after her daughter, me, was born, she began to follow the path she had set up for herself long ago. Pursuing justice! She named me Liz after her favorite old world movie star, and never let the world know who I was. When I was eight, my mom discovered the CEO was up to some illicit activity with a Japanese corporation secretly funded by a mega corporation called the Ordo Invictus. Drug and gun running and such and shit. You know, that whole thing. They've been coughing up a metric fuck ton of hush money to keep it under wraps. Secretly, however, they run the modernized world. Even the areas where there are sparse population and fiefdoms reign, they watch with a vigilant eyes. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. If it's not the Baroness we're worrying about, it's them. Around this time, a new and controversial technology emerged. A device which enables the user to access all computer functions from the internet to the most carefully encrypted software by utilizing the naturally existing electrical current within the human brain. Some call it a techno-medical milestone. Some call it monstrous. I call it nerdy as fuck. But anyway, it passed all regulations and thrived nonetheless, and Mons Corporation was one of the first to acquire such a device. Once she had made her nasty discovery, she knew what she had to do. Having been trusted with the device, she created the avatar of Cyber Robin, jacked into the company accounts, and, like the outlaw on which it was based, a legend began. She started small, enough to feed a starving belly here or to provide meds to a sick child there, but as her skills grew, so did the takes. Soon mom was helping to fund everything from soup kitchens to animal shelters, run under the nose of her own company, and others just as crooked. She told me all of this, and pressing the device momentarily into my hand, told me that when the time was right, I know what to do. She must have sensed it then, that no so-called trace erasing software is completely foolproof, that the Ordo Invictus had ears and eyes everywhere. That no legend could escape its own magnitude. That was about two years ago. I don't know how, but they found her. I'll never forget her screams as they barged in, guns blazing, or her choked gasp of, Liz.
as she slumped to the floor. I wanted to run to her, but instincts told me what to do. So I grabbed the device from Mom's desk, booted open the back door and ran. Ran my ass off. Ran till my ankles burned. Then my calves. Then my thighs. With a fiery pain so intense that at one point, I thought they caught up with me. Aimed low and shot me in the legs. Those bastards. I ran until I was certain it was safe to scream. I found myself alone in a windswept alley much like this one, a familiar sight for me since. Sure, I've stayed a number of halfway houses before the fever wiped out everything, but they never were long stays. I knew that if the news of me taking up my mother's banner online leaked out, I didn't want innocent homeless people caught up in the crossfire. And so, like many others, I spent what time I don't use fighting the good fight and scrapping out a living here on the streets in New Hope. Nowadays, however, no one calls me Liz. Nobody. I go by Lynx. Quick, simple, easy to pronounce. Rolls off the tongue real nice. Plus, I've been told that I move like a cat, so it works out pretty nicely. I stagger along, feeling anything but cat-like. My legs not having quite gotten all the feeling back in them yet. Approaching me on the opposite end of the street is a familiar face. Hey, I know that face. It's Fitz. Tall, dark, silent, hands constantly crammed into his tattered overcoat, threadbare cap pulled low over his eyes. He nods wordless at me as he passes, and I follow suit. No verbal exchange, just silent recognition. He respects me for what I've been through. I respect him for being a loyal protector. But make no mistake, you piss him off, and Fitz could do things to your face with a broken bottle that a surgeon couldn't with the finest scalpel. Fitz owned a speeder and was currently serving as the closest thing the town had to an undertaker, tasked with transporting the dead out into the desert and dumping loads of them in the sand. Needless to say, business was moving for him. I turn the corner and walk to the street, heading to the hovel that they call an apartment. I would call it a fucking cage, but that would be an upgrade. The building is a public building, and the old pervert who owns the building only allows women to live there. Franklin likes to watch the girls coming and going into the building. I even caught him several times in coitus with them. In coitus? That's what my mother used to say, and I never really forgot it. Sounds more proper and professional than boofing them until there's no tomorrow. But once again, I digress. The sands encroaching from the massive desert in the south always seek to be pushed back by the New Hope Council members every week. But it always comes back. It's inevitable. I enter my building to see old Franklin sitting there reading an electronic tablet. Funny how those are still around and didn't go to the wayside like books. But I wish whatever he was reading was more interesting than I was. Well, well, well. Links and memes. Cut the shit, Franklin. I've had a busy day. So have I, darling. I fixed the plumbing in your room. Now I accept payment two ways. Either through credits, or... There's 2,500,000 New Hope credits on there. Knock yourself out. I proceeded to walk up the stairs, and almost vomited when I heard... At some point, girl, I'm gonna give me a piece of that.
I ignored him, even as he watched my posterior walk up the flight of steps. Several of the girls were doing their own thing in the hallway. Some turning tricks, others strung out on substances that they should have died from a long time ago. Others created because of the old stuff that didn't seem to work anymore. They were pathetic. One in particular that I had a problem with in the past sneered at me as I passed her by. I got to my door, and noticed that once again it was jimmied open. Did Franklin actually have a fucking key? Or does he just bust into everyone's rooms accordingly? I pulled out my knife and walked in slowly, making sure no fucks were in there. Yes, I call them fucks. The old vernaculars of hooks, tramps, prostitutes, that seemed too cute for this world. We call them what they are. Fucks. They wanted me to be one, but I'm not wired that way. I never was. Once I felt my apartment was safe, I activated my own locking system. No one was getting in here without me knowing. Franklin? The fucks? No one. Maybe Fitz if I allow him, but nobody else! He never seemed to be anything but cordial to me. Gruff, but cordial. That's what Fitz was. I sat down on my bed and took my outer clothes off. It was still hot outside, and even though my apartment was high up, we didn't get much of a breeze coming in. I grabbed the glass and turned on the moisture vaporator I had hidden away from prying eyes. The water was cool, fresh, and clean. I enjoyed it immensely, drinking it down. The water that came out of the taps was almost undrinkable after this. But people in this building with money could get a vaporator. They just couldn't get caught. Vaporators were a luxury of the Order of Victus and those that ruled. I didn't fall into that category. I laid down on my hammock and pulled out my high-powered binoculars. I always like to watch the world outside from my window, and you'd be surprised what you could see if you only looked. From my building, I could see endless sands like it was the sea from outside. I took a couple of pills to help with my headache and closed my eyes. I lifted the binoculars to my face and I looked out the window again, gazing at the endless sands. I saw something that made me look twice. A man, or what I think was a man, fell down the endless sands. I zoomed in closer, I saw his tattered face. He was on the brink. Tattooed on his shoulder, however, was a contractor symbol. My conscience couldn't let him fall over the edge. No matter how much shit I get from this world, there are still some good things left, I'm sure. pulled my shirt back on and turned off the locks. I ran down the steps once more, but noticed that Franklin was nowhere to be seen. Good. Let's have it stay that way. I ran out into the street and told Fitz, Fitz, I need your help. Fitz turned to me and cocked his head like I was a helpless little dog yapping at him. And how do you need it, little one? I need your speeder wagon. You keep Franklin occupied. Why do you need my speeder wagon? You do know that it's used to cart off the dead, right? I saw someone fall outside of New Hope's gates! I need to get past to rescue him! No. Come on, Fitz! He could die! Anyone coming from the Endless Sands who survived that journey 
will find a way to get into the city. They're not gonna need your help. He had like a contract to code on his shoulder. We must honor the oath. Hmm. Get on. I got on the back of his speeder wagon as Fitz got into the driver's seat and activated its electric engine. In a matter of moments, we were off to the gate. Although I took those pills, my head was still bothering me. The light of the sun pounded into my brain like hammers, and hot pain laced across my skull. But my adrenaline took over. Upon seeing Fitz come to the gates, the New Hope guards manning the gates let us through almost immediately. It paid to be the city's exclusive undertaker, but unknown to the main council of the city, he did many other things as well. The winds picked up as we drove onto the sands for about 10 minutes before we came upon the man. He was almost buried before I had leaped out of the back of the wagon and ran to him. Hey! Hey! Wake up! Get on the wagon. Watch him. Give him water. Fizz lifted the man into his arms and put him in the back of the speeder wagon. He pressed a button as the canopy of the shelter came over the cab making sure the sand and the wind were no longer a factor. I tried feeling for a pulse on the man. There was one, but it was very faint. It's like he was mostly dead. He was still breathing, but it was shallow. What I saw, I couldn't quite understand. Around the man's neck was a medallion that the closer we got to New Hope began to glow a bright white, reaching its peak as we passed some old bunkers on the right. The light blazed like a tiny sun, so I covered it up as best as I could to dull the effect. I pulled out a flask of water and gave it to him to drink. The man coughed up a mixture of blood, sand, vomit, and other such bodily fluids as I turned him onto his side. Oh, oh that's gross. Where, where am I? You're on a speeder wagon. We're taking you into New Hope. <laughs> the, the city of New Hope? Yeah. Where'd you come from? Where's your cargo? Are you supposed to be coming here? The man said nothing and just stared down at the medallion on his chest. He grabbed a hold of it with his hands and clutched it closely. After a few seconds, the pulsing and blazing light stopped. What is that? Uh, I, I, I don't know. But it's yours, right? He looked up at me. Now, Jesus Christ, kid, you ask a lot of questions. I'd like to know what I am risking by saving your life, sir. It's been a long time since the contractor graced the presence of our city. We have a feeling it might be due to inflict this influence. Ah. Not the Order of Invictus. I wish it were the Order of Invictus. Then it's the Baroness Nightingale? <laughs> <laughs> All I know is that that crazy bitch tried to probe inside my skull. Must have found something she didn't like. Uh, like my copy of Debbie Does Dallas, but she let my ass go. <laughs> Look, kid, why are you helping me? You bear the mark of a contractor. We are obliged to aid you. What's your assignment? Is it secret? 
Huh. You almost sound like her. I affix him a gaze like ice. Okay, fine. Name's Jet, and I am a contractor. Past that, you know the rules, kid. Let's just say you got something really important to deliver, okay? Heard the sound of Fitz banging on the canopy. That was the signal that we passed the city's guards and were close by to the complex. Oh, uh, let me guess. This is a body rack. You've smelled dead bodies before? Who hasn't? We're living in one big graveyard, kid. The speeder stopped with a jerk as Fitz disengaged the canopy, exposing me and the stranger to the outside world once more. Fitz stopped the speeder and got off. So how are we getting this guy upstairs? Do you have a plan for old Franklin, or do you need me to come up with one? What are you talking about? My landlord generally doesn't let men come into this building. Now, there should be a depot in the city. If there isn't one, that's a problem. Ordo Invictus shut that down months ago. They thought that it was being used for espionage activities. Great. I can't carry him up the steps. Can you walk? Look, give me the rest of that water and I swear I'll fly up those fucking stairs. I handed him what was left of the leader jug and he downed it in one go. Thank you whoever was listening for that. It would actually be better if you created the distraction and I helped him to your apartment. <sighs> well, there's a good chance he'll want me to do something disgusting. I have no place to put him. I can't even take him to my place. Look, I'm, I'm not going to have you do something, all right? Especially disgusting for my sake. I'll do it on my own. Especially if it's the disgusting. The fuck you are? We rescued you. I'll... I'll... Lynx, you're bleeding. I felt my nose. My hands were covered in a crimson mess. That's... That's no bueno. Episode 5, Harbin and the Infinite Madness. In the cast, you heard Miguel Pedroza as Jet Hawk, Chris Hangel as Fitz the Undertaker, Max Hunter as Lynx Mitchell, Paul Schroyer as Franklin the Landlord, and Ferd Burfel as the Comlink Voice. Sound effects courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Rise by the Cult. Harbin by BNB Nation. My Last Breath by Evanescence. Stolen Prayer by Alice Cooper. Detonation Boulevard is a production of Dark Charmed Media 2023, all rights reserved.